0: This is the Genesis Experience Podcast with your host, Rich Farina, founder of Genesis Personal Fitness. Each week, Rich and his guests will bring their unique perspective on the health and fitness world. Rich is a medical fitness specialist with expertise in metabolism based exercise and weight loss nutrition.
1: And now, your host, Rich Farina. Today, I'm here with Dr. Charles Whitney and uh, we're going to speak a lot about uh, health and wellness from, but perhaps from a different perspective. He is the founder of Revolutionary Health Services and he's gonna be my guest today as we talk about um, how to begin the process of having your own personal health revolution. Uh, so let's get started. Welcome, Dr. Whitney.
0: Thank you, Rich, very much. This is a pleasure to do this with someone who is very like-minded of the way I've I've been my whole career. It's refreshing. Not all not all health professionals are this way.
1: Well, thank you. We've had a lot of discussions recently and you've told me that science appears to have discovered the fountain of youth. Can you explain a little further what you mean by that statement? Absolutely. So
0: most people have heard about the human genome was mapped at the University of Pennsylvania about 10, 12 years ago. Uh, well, what they've been able to do is to take that information that they learned and do what's called heat mapping. We know that very little of our DNA, our genetic code, is active at any one time. And what they're able to do is identify which genes are turned on and which ones are turned off. And what they've been able to do is to separate out the genes and find out a group of genes, let's just call them the young genes, that tend to be active in young people but, turn, but tend to be turned off in old people. And then there's another group of genes called old genes that tend to be turned on in old people and off in young people. And research is now in recent years revealing that we actually have ways to turn on the young genes that have been turned off and turn. Off the old genes have been turned on and not, not surprisingly it's true a lot of the healthy lifestyles that we've known have been good but now are proving themselves to be valuable such as a good sleep good nutrition meditation fitness all of these healthy habits that we know we should do are actually turning on the young genes and turning off the old
1: genes so literally it is the fountain of youth so as a medical physician, how did you become interested in this aspect of health? Because it's, it's not typical that, that physicians that are treating patients take a, a, a different approach or let's say an extensive, more advanced approach to look at a person from a, um, a whole person perspective. So w- w- how did you become interested in that?
0: well it 's kind of worked into my DNA as a physician i 've always been interested in asking the question why until you can 't ask it anymore i 'm a problem solver so i don 't want to just find a person with high blood pressure and hand them a pill well that 's nice you might push the blood pressure down, but I know that the blood pressure just doesn 't randomly rise Some people think oh it 's in my family so i 'm going to have i have high blood pressure well no, you have high blood pressure, maybe something genetically, but it 's because you have Insulin resistance, which is pre-diabetes, perhaps you have uh, sleep apnea, perhaps it's uh, because of visceral fat and your belly fat that's rising. There are almost always I can find reasons that the blood pressure rose. And if we just simply squash the blood pressure down with a drug, which will work, you're not treating that underlying engine of disease that was causing the problem in the first place. So, in in what I like to think in terms of a a, a The best preventive medicine is, and the best way of medicine is to keep asking the question why and treat that root cause, because there are lots and lots of engines of disease that will drive things like blood pressure, like diabetes, like heart disease, like dementia, and. Many conditions, once you discover them, they're not treatable. Think about Alzheimer's disease, think about death from a heart attack, certain cancers like pancreatic cancer. You don't have a second chance, so you really have to prevent the untreatable, and and all of this is uh,
1: is what will accomplish that. So is this the type of approach that you take with your patients at Revolutionary Health Services? All the time,
0: That that's our whole emphasis. I mean, of course, we treat disease once it occurs, the human body is going to break down eventually, and we're there when people need us for that. But our, our big focus is really to help people discover their fountain of youth, discover the engines of disease that might take them down the path towards their family history, because they may be genetically
1: predisposed to cancer or heart disease or other things. So do you see yourself not only as a physician but also as a health coach with your patients?
0: Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I, when I start off well, a lot of my visits with my people, I tell them I'm going to be the coach that they, when they were in high school that they really didn't like because they, they really pushed them to, to make themselves better and, and that's exactly what I'm going to be for their health. That, that they, When you look back on that coach, you realize how much good they did for you. Well, that's what we're looking for here. I'm willing to put as much effort into to a person as they're willing to put into themselves. Even And a lot of times, it's not pretty either. So <laughs> it's hard to be a coach, I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure. I, I really try to, uh, and one of the things we do is we try to take the time to explain what I'm talking to you here, because people aren't going to maintain some of these lifestyle habits just because I tell them to. They may like me, they may, like, they may respect me, but they're not going to do something just because I'm telling them they should do it. I try to explain why it is that they may want to make that decision. We really describe to people that if somebody wants to live to 80 years old, and most people will, they're going to be in some condition when they're 80, and unfortunately a lot of 80, 85 year olds aren't in the condition they expected to be. And I tell people hope is not a strategy. They think, I hope I'm doing well when I'm 80. Well, The foundation of how you are when you're 80, whether you're in a nursing home, dependent on your children, a financial aid challenge, uh, versus traveling, spending time with your loved ones, investing in your the lives of your kids, grandkids to great-grandkids. We know people in all of those situations when they're old, but that begins at a much younger age. It begins, gosh, it begins in the 20s or 30s, uh, certainly no later than that. And But the good news is that you can turn the tide and you can move from the path to disease over to the path of health in a very short time.
1: It's interesting, I've since we have an opportunity to engage many of your patients as our clients at genesis personal fitness it's it's interesting to us that when we have physicians who refer to us that the physicians first have to have a wellness mindset and obviously that comes through in in things that we've talked about not only in in this interview but also in many other things so do you believe then that wellness begins first with the physician and their mindset so that they can take that to their patients.
0: It actually begins in the mindset of the patient because I can be have the mindset, I can have the best physician in the country, but if I'm working with a person who doesn't have a mindset of health, health begins between the ears, in our own brain, in our own attitude, in our own mindset. It doesn't end there, but it starts there. And when I find a person who is in that mindset that I want to do whatever it takes to get healthy. I want to turn my young genes on and turn those old genes off. Then i got somebody I can work with. But yes, you're right. Uh, Unfortunately, many of us, all of us, were trained in what uh, I I like to call the reactive model of medicine. We find the disease. We get very good diagnostic abilities. We have a lot of technologies, and we can treat them. But unfortunately, a lot of physicians don't think in the mindset of... Of asking asking that question why until you can't anymore They, unfortunately many are time strapped in their practices and have gotten into the habit of writing prescriptions and not educating people because they frankly don't have the time they may want to I know I was there also at one point and it's just tough to have the time in the modern and in in the
1: current day medical atmosphere you know uh, people come to us and and I'm sure you see this too people come to us Usually because um, they get to a point where if they are regular exercisers um, they're not, they can't seem to manage their weight and a lot of people do start to exercise because you know, they wake up on a Monday morning and they say, they draw the line in the sand and they say okay I have to do something and they start on a path almost blindly into, an, into some type of, of self-help exercise program and we find a lot of times that they're misguided so what are your what are your thoughts on you know despite that when people start regular types of exercise programs which is usually cardiovascular or aerobic type exercise um, and they can't seem to lose weight why do you think that is?
0: Well although Exercise is absolutely mission critical to maintain weight you lose. It's one of the key six ways of, of maintaining weight loss. It takes, in in when you walk a mile, basically when you walk a mile, you're gonna burn about 100 calories. So if you do the math, there's 3,500 calories in a pound of fat. You've gotta walk 35 miles to burn a pound of fat. The math just does not add up. We aren't able to do that. So it's wonderful in helping to maintain the weight, but people uh, don't realize that it's more than just exercise in order to lose weight. There has to be a nutritional component too. And uh, a lot of the problems they have with it also is that it's, oh, they're only losing those calories at the time they're actually doing their exercise. And what a lot of people don't realize is when you build muscle, you're burning calories 24-7, 365. The statistic is, is if you build a pound of muscle, lean, a pound of lean muscle, you're going to burn an extra 50 calories a day. Whether you exercise or all day long or you stay in bed all day long, your, your basal metabolic rate is going to increase some. So if you build five pounds of muscle, that's 250 calories a day extra you're burning as kind of in addition to the calories that you burn while you're exercising, so that's one of the things that intrigued me when i met you and your your business is that is that you understood that concept that a lot of personal trainers and and coaches don't really understand is that that's a big part of, of fitness is not, not just to keep old people from falling which is important because we tend to lose a lot of muscle mass of time a lot of physicians realize that and personal trainers but it's a key part of overall health because it's helping you maintain weight right? or it helps it, it it's a part of losing weight also
1: and that's one of the issues when when people come to us and they realize that we're we're not all about exercise. It's not all about trying to exercise hours and hours and spend days and days doing all this this physical work just to burn calories. And so we take a more scientific approach in that we we look for a much like a physician does a dose response relationship in in exercise and we use exercise to fit into the overall process so that the individual can burn more calories at rest and not just when they're active like you had remarked that if they rebuild a couple of pounds of muscle that they've lost over the years, that's a built-in weight management system that they that they don't even know that they've lost often. So probably um, just as important as the aerobic cardiovascular component to exercise is also the muscle rebuilding and maintenance of that so then it makes weight loss and weight management a lot easier.
0: Absolutely and um, as far as when you build muscle also it also will help your insulin response curve like the pre-diabetes state. Insulin resistance is the, uh, what leads to pre-diabetes and diabetes and building muscle mass will help to counteract that you're you're going to get that advantage again day long you're going to when you eat something after you've exercised you're going to metabolize that those calories much more efficiently if you're your burning muscle. So so, what I really like about the uh, and, and the most effective exercise programs are not exercising more, but they're exercising smarter. You don't have to spend hours in the gym to burn all these calories. If you can do it right, you're going to burn more calories in less time. And we Americans have no time, extra time in our lives, that uh, that any any saved moments you can, and that's uh, are, are valuable. And so exercising smarter is far more important than exercising more.
1: And, and that's true because, you know, people are amazed often that they, they're they only spending a couple of hours a week in, in performing exercise, but it is uh, tailored to them, it is tailored to their metabolism, and like you said earlier, they don't have to get another part-time job in, a, in and work in a gym just to burn calories. That, that was never really the design of it, and I think that that is something... That, that people often don't realize and it's one of the things that keeps them from keeping them and maintaining an active lifestyle.
0: Yeah, and when you're only doing that treadmill exercise, you're exercising your heart very nicely. That's wonderful. Uh, And you're exercising a couple muscles that allow you to do that one exercise. But the other thing where you bring everything together in all the healthy habits is that through doing a total body muscle program, you're not just exercising your heart and those couple muscles You're and you're exercising all of the muscles, you sleep better. The quality of a person's sleep is much deeper and restorative if they've got a total body exercise program and that's another one of the healthy habits of sleep. Science has shown and people have experienced that when they are sleeping more effectively and more efficiently, then they feel more rested and don't necessarily have to sleep as long
1: either. So. You know, today we, we we hear a lot about this insidious underlying cause of a lot of the of the diseases that we hear about today, uh, and and that being the more of a root cause being a chronic in, inflammatory response that the body has ongoing. Um, when it comes to exercise, do you do you believe that if if you doing the wrong type of exercise, or doing it incorrectly, or doing too much and not allowing the body to rest and recover, could that contribute to having even more chronic inflammation? Great
0: question, and before I answer that, let me first explain to everybody what is inflammation. People have heard the word inflammation, and to most people, they believe it's a four-letter word. It's a bad thing. It's actually not. Inflammation is the God-given way that we have to fight off disease. It's the way we fight off infection when it hits our body. It's the way we fight off those cancer cells that we think form every day. And it's the way we fight off toxins and other foreign things that come into our body and intrude. So it's normal for the body to create a massive inflammatory response when you get the flu virus or other things. So first of all, inflammation is a good thing. The problem is is that when inflammation never turns off, because you've got high belly fat, because you've got a sedentary lifestyle, because you eat poor nutrition, because you don't get enough sleep, because you've got periodontal disease. These are all root causes of inflammation, and inflammation is the common mechanism that leads to the diseases like heart disease, like cancer, and like even dementia. So so inflammation is a good thing in the short term, it's a bad thing in the long term. So now going on to your question, is that, yes, a, an optimal program is perfect, it is impressive and needed because intense and good an effective exercise creates an inflammatory response. It actually does create an inflammation, it creates a good inflammation, but if you don't recover or you actually over-exercise. There's a lot of thought in sports medicine out there that over-training will produce an inflammation that might actually put you at higher risk of disease because you never give yourself a chance to recover. Either you're exercising too much or you're not giving yourself the proper rest and nutrients to recover after you've exercised and the
1: inflammation never turns off. So the theory that if some is good, more is better, doesn't necessarily <laughs> hold true then. Not all the time. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not all the time. Now, most
0: people are not going to get to that point of overtraining, but uh, but I'm, talk, I'm talking about more of the intense exercisers, sure. the sure. triathletes,
1: etc. Sure. So why is it that so many people have the dilemma that when they reach middle age, they start to find that regardless of how they diet or what they do in terms of exercise, or if they try to put something together, how is it that they can't lose the weight and even if they do, they struggle to keep it off? Why do you think that is? I really think there is not one any a single answer
0: to it. It's multifactorial. Well, number one is most of us as we get older, if we don't take action on it, we are going to lose muscle mass. So just like you're going to burn an extra 50 calories a day by building muscle, you're going to burn 50 calories fewer by losing muscle. So if you can kind of rekindle those old muscle fibers and you're, and you're not going to lose it. So that's one of the reasons that people find frustrating because there's so many people who they say, I couldn't gain weight when I was younger and now I can't keep it off. It's driving me nuts. We blame it on a lot of things. We blame it on, on menopause, on andropause. We've, there's a lot of things we blamed it on, but I think it is the loss of muscle mass, to some level, i got to believe, I don't think science has proven this one yet, but it's those young genes turning off and those old genes turning on when we hit that middle age malaise and weight gain. And then in many people, there's the silent killer. And I don't mean high blood pressure. A lot of people call and it is true, silent, uh, high blood pressure is a silent killer. But I think a more significant silent killer is insulin resistance. So many people, since I've been looking more at it more intently, is have pre-diabetes and have no clue, or they, their physicians have discounted the significance, and I was one of those physicians for many years, of a glucose of 102, 99, 105, said, you you got borderline blood sugars. Well, that entire time that you've got those borderline blood sugars, you're building fat, you're pushing your, all your calories into fat storage, you're not able to utilize them for fuel, you're, you've shifted from a fat burning metabolism over to a carbohydrate burning metabolism and and all those engines of disease have started to run and the average person goes for 15 to 20 years as a pre-diabetic before they get diabetes and they just, oh I was diabetic last night, well no it began about 10, 20 years ago and unfortunately it got to the point of causing this. So. So that is a huge driver of of metabolism drop for for multiple reasons is when people have those blood sugars. And some people even have prediabetes without having a fasting blood sugar. You can't just look at the fasting blood sugar, which most people think at and diagnose it. There's multiple ways, even through just cholesterol numbers, can diagnose prediabetes and that insulin resistance. That's ma- driving them crazy and making them tired, and, and I don't believe it's just kind of that I'm getting older theory because I've had many people who they cure their pre diabetes, their energy picks up, and oh, and lo and behold, they can keep that
1: weight off again and lose it actually. So you can reverse once you've started down the path. It is feasible to reverse some of the underlying effects of of diseases to come if you start early enough
0: and if you have the right coach. Absolutely, and that's one thing that drives me crazy in modern medicine is how we are, quote, "managing chronic disease. We manage the high blood pressure. you manage the, the pre-diabetes and diabetes. Folks, let's talk about curing these things because I, I am a strong believer if you are a pre-diabetic, you can cure your condition. If you are a diabet- diabetic, there's a good chance you're going to be able to cure your condition. Not a promise at that point because sometimes by the time, if things go long enough and you've reached the statistical diagnosis of diabetes, you've lost a lot of those cells in your pancreas producing insulin, so it may or may not be able to be completely curable, so that's why it's important to address it early. But absolutely, so many of these engines of disease uh, are, are curable and we ought to, as a, a responsible physician, really ought to be coaching them towards cure not just handing them a drug to manage their condition and lower their blood sugar a little bit but but coach them towards what it will take and it's not always weight loss it's not always exercise sometimes it's things like periodontal disease I mean that's that's a whole different topic in and of itself but I find people who sometimes that's the most important lifestyle that they need to act on and then they'll talk about weight loss and exercise so we really have to look at the person as an individual and what is their most important need at the time because it really can be variable. So tell
1: me, what is the next step? What, where, where do we go from here? What's the next step for our audience to start to think about? And, and, and people that are action takers, how do they get to learn more about a, a more global or a more comprehensive approach in, in preventing a lot of these issues and, and health conditions that are not just inevitable, but that you can actually reverse?
0: Put on your learning cap, get educated. That's the first place start. Get it between the ears. Be, inspire yourself through learning what really we do know about in science, like this concept of young genes versus old genes. That's so invigorating. I mean, it's you're not you're not trying to lose ten or twenty pounds just because you want to look better in the mirror or your doctor or somebody else is telling you to do so. You're doing it because you want to uh, turn young genes on and the old genes off. So. Learn and get inspired, and really take a look in the mirror. You need an assessment. You need to kind of find out, well, you know what? I've, I, I feel good. I've had many, many people who say, well, I'm healthy. Well, how do you know you're healthy? Well, I feel good. Well, unfortunately, there's many, 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 many Americans who may feel good, but they're not healthy. They may not be sick yet. They're in that vast abyss of, of people who are not sick yet but they've got those engines of disease that are cooking. And they're, they're going to take them down to where their family history goes. And I like to tell people that, well, p- people when they take about, well, my father had a heart attack in, at 59 years old. I hope I don't have one. Or I hope I don't get pancreatic cancer like my grandmother did. Well, hope is not a strategy. Hope, hope is a wish. We have strategies now to identify if those engines of disease are, are running that might five, 10, 20 years down the line, lead to those medical conditions that you may be genetically prone to. And just that's another topic too, is genetic testing, is that, that now that we've got this genome mapped, we've got a lot of tools that we can use from a genetic level to find out what are you prone to and where should you be targeting your efforts. It doesn't just have to be a do these 20 things because they're all healthy. We now have the ability to target what's going on and then not just treat in general, but treat as an individual as to what that individual needs. So how, how can people learn about it? Well, on our website, uh, it's rhslivewell.com um, or revolutionaryhealthservices.com. Either will work. We have a lot of information that people can learn. And then there's going to be our event. We're going to be with Genesis co-hosting an event where people are going to have an opportunity to learn about in a deeper dive what we're talking about here.
1: Right. So that, that event is going to be coming up in a couple of weeks. And the, the name of that event is Genesis of a um, Genesis of a Personal Health Revolution. And, and the event is actually a one-hour workshop where they're actually going to get to meet you and get to meet us and they're going to get to kind of, like you said, drill down a little bit and find out how they can start taking some positive steps into having a better health profile and start working towards living to be that healthy 80-year-old without issue. And so they're going to have that opportunity. And again, um, we'll be sending out some additional information uh, so they know the dates and times when that's going to happen. Uh, But we're really excited to co-host that with you um, and it's, it's an exciting time when people now are taking the time to look at their own health and then taking measurable steps so that they do live a healthy lifestyle at 80 and beyond and they're able to enjoy it and not not be in a position where they're constantly having to evolve through, through healthcare um, to, to make that happen. Yeah, we're, going to have, we're going to set up
0: the event having three stations, one's going to be focusing mostly on nutrition, one's going to focus mostly on exercise, another one's going to kind of pull it all together as to how they might personally be able to take the next step. And all questions are fair game, whether there's general questions, whether they're personal specific questions if you're open up to, uh, uh, to talking about them. But uh, it's, it's really a, an, an event really meant to help people to learn and really learn what they don't know. I mean, so many people don't know what they don't know. We've talked about a little of that today, but that's what we're looking to do is just to get people to understand and really have hope. I mean, what do we want as a human? You know, we want hope for a better future. And, and these are the beginning of getting some personal strategies towards making your future better.
1: Dr. Whitney, thank you for spending the time here today and talk about your perspectives on health and your philosophy on health and how you help people achieve a higher level of health Um, and we're looking forward to having you um, at the event and i I think it's going to be a a great thing for people
0: as are we as are we my partner dr jennifer kitchen who will be there with me we are really looking forward to just gathering a group of like-minded health professionals and and inspired people to really make a difference for the future
1: thank you very much
0: thank you thank you for listening to the Genesis experience podcast with host Rich Farina with 8,000 clients over 20 plus years his expertise can help you on your journey to a fit and healthy lifestyle see you next time